This is The Culture Code with Kevin Cruz, founder and CEO of LeadX, the platform that helps you scale and sustain a high-performance culture. Hello, everyone. I'm Kevin Cruz. Welcome back to Culture Code. Our guest today is the Chief People Officer at Cupertino Electric, Estrella Parker. Estrella, welcome. Where are you joining from today? I am joining you from our headquarters in San Jose, California. And thank you for inviting me to your podcast. It's my pleasure. I won't go deep into this because people who've been listening to episodes, I keep talking about it. I just came back from a month in San Jose. I was staying in an apartment in a weird place called Santana Row. Do you know it? I know it. Actually, in my previous organization, my office was in Santana Row. Oh, wow. Well, I won't say that. At the end of the block is a very large tech company and mm-hmm. a couple other ones right there. Kind of reminded me of like a retail Disneyland, which delightful to be there for a month, but you wouldn't want to like live your whole life in Disneyland. So it was a little weird. No, it was actually when I was moving. Previously, I lived in the East Bay side of the Bay Area. And when I took that job that was based by Santana Row, I was considering getting an apartment over there to make things easy. And I was warned by people not to do it because it is like living in Disneyland 24 hours a day. So wasn't good for my waistline or my wallet with all of that eating and shopping. But I probably will spend another month there next year. I'm just saying. (laughs) Well, if it's just a month a year, it's probably manageable. That's right. That's right. Australia, let's start at the top. So for many of our listeners, they might not be familiar with Cupertino Electric. So tell us a little bit about your company. What do you guys do? How big are you? Yeah, it's interesting. Most people, when I say I work for Cupertino Electric, they think we're an electric utility company. Mm. But we are actually one of the largest electrical engineering and construction firms in the U.S., We employ roughly 3,000 people, plus or minus, depending on the book of projects that we're working on. And our revenues are slightly above $2 billion in the last year. So that's the scope of our company. And our work is primarily in the U.S. Obviously, a company of that size, I'm not calling you to rewire my air conditioner at home or anything. So what's maybe an example of a project that you might be working on? I am sure we have people who can rewire your air conditioner. (laughs) I stand corrected. (laughs) Right. In fact, we have really become known for dealing with large, complex projects. And sometimes the kinds of projects we are in, we are actually get sought out because not many organizations can handle those types of projects. So obviously, we build data centers. Is one of our biggest areas of book of projects that we work on. And there's a large demand and there's a lot of scaling going on in various industries for places to store and manage data, right? So data centers is a an example of the kinds of projects that we have. And data centers come in all forms and sizes mm-hmm. as well. We also do energy projects. So that can mean solar farms to battery storage to wind factories. Or We also are, of course, in commercial, so big, large commercial complexes, and as well, public infrastructure. So airports, wow, water sewage systems, you name it. So those are the kinds of projects we get involved in. 
We're here to talk about culture. And unlike a lot of the chief people officers I've already interviewed for the show, you have, I'm sure, a very large headquarters workforce, but also many of your workers are, by the nature of the work you do, on projects, moving around. It's a little bit different. Not everyone's the same type of worker or in in one place. So how would you describe your company culture to someone like me? Yeah, you know what binds us together culture-wise is probably first and foremost, a love of the work that we do. There's reverence among us to being able to build the infrastructure that this country needs, right? So these projects that I just talked about are really important to growth and development of our nation and our society. So we feel really good that we're able to contribute to that. And the quality of the workmanship that we do, and oftentimes we talk about we run to problems. And when we say problems, we say that generically. So we are builders, we are problem solvers, and we know this work that we do requires collaboration. Collaboration among us, collaboration about with other contractors involved in any project, collaboration with owners. So we're kind of a collaborative bunch, but we're also very into accomplishing big, great things. And we love to celebrate that. We work hard. We want to make sure we keep our people happy and safe and enjoying working with each other. And then we celebrate this accomplishment. So these are kind of very simple tenets to me. Like I describe it to people. It's just like kind of everyday joy in your work. We try to promote that. You feel good about the work you're doing. You're working hard, but you feel good about it. And you have a team of people to share that with. I've written a bunch of books. I have an ear for language. And I was jotting out so many cool things. Like you talked about what binds us together. And I've never heard another chief people officer use that word before in these interviews. And as soon as you said, I'm like, yes, that's what culture does. That's what great culture can do. And talking about you know reverence and mission-driven and quality obsession. So none of that happens by accident, right? You don't just hire 3,500 people, 3,000 people, and they just show up that way. So what are you doing to make sure everybody shares the values and adopts this kind of cultural behaviors that binds everyone together? How do you foster this great culture? That's a very interesting question. And I'm amazed at your ability to listen and pick this word. I have a feeling you like poetry. I am actually, I'm going to back off your question a little bit just to explain a little bit of context about as a chief people officer where I'm finding myself in. Great. This is a great company that has been here for almost 70 years and it has a solid, solid culture. But in the last five years, it has grown so fast. And so we're finding ourselves needing to figure out how to make sure we keep that culture intact because it's really the charm and the challenge that we're dealing with to make sure that we can do that. So the kinds of things that we were doing won't apply now and in the future. And to be honest, we are seeing some signals that there may be exposure areas, which is why that's the job I have to think about. How do we do that? How do we preserve that? So there's a lot to me. It means building systems in our people processes that enable us to decode what we mean by what it means to be here. Like we just did work on employment branding and as part of that process, 
we actually had to say, hey, we're not for everyone. There is a particular kind of person that will thrive here, that will love it here, and therefore will continue to support this culture. And some of the words I dropped in there when I talked to you earlier are a shortcut for who those people are. They're collaborative doers. So to me, that's an example of creating a mechanism for us to systematize how we talk about who belongs here and who will help us continue to build this organization and this culture. In leadership, we're also beginning to try to decode who are these great leaders at CEI that are kind of legendary. People talk about what a great leader this person is, and there's a certain consistency about that. Not in necessarily in personality, but in how you experience that leader. And so we've also just developed kind of a framework for how we think about the leadership mindset at Cupertino. And that will be kind of how we introduce, even though we're training about leadership, everyone kind of trains on leadership, that kind of the same topics, but we're adding this flavor of how does that show up at CEI and how do we expect you to demonstrate good interpersonal skills at CEI? You have to have this mindset that we just kind of decoded. So we're in this pivot stage of there was the old way where we did a lot of show apprenticeship, but that's not fast enough for the rate of growth that we're experiencing. So we have to kind of create more systems in how we do things to enable that. Sticking with the language, it's actually LeadX, that's our whole positioning is too much of this work is one-off events and we need to move to systems, continuous systems for culture and leadership and engagement. And I thought you had a good point there that you know, when I'm talking about ways to foster sustained culture, you started with employment branding. Great culture will drive away as many people or more than it will attract. And that's a good thing, right? You want the right people applying for the jobs. Jim Collins, good, great author, you know, he suggests, I don't necessarily agree, but he suggests you don't create change or train culture. You can only hire people that kind of are already wired for the the culture there. I think that's a little bit extreme, but it certainly starts with who you hire, which is great. And you teased me with the leadership mindset because I'm passionate about leadership development. 70% of employee engagement, the variance in it, ties back to who our boss is, who our manager is. For frontline leaders especially, right? They touch 80% of the organization. They're so critical. And it sounds like, you know, you might be doing some regular manager training, but you're also intrigued by unlocking the secrets to the mindset of the great leaders. Can you tell me more about the training or go deeper into the mindset work? We're just starting on this. We just literally, we just launched this. So we're sort of building the airplane as we go. Mm -hmm. And that's okay because we want to learn from our leaders and we want to learn what's working or not. And we also have engaged our best leaders to help us think through this. So in the center of it, it's kind of matching that employment brand and the kind of the center summarized version of the mindset that we're promoting is what we call one team. So that very much matches with this collaborative doer, right? Like if you're a collaborative doer, you want to be in a team that acts like a strong team. And I won't go deep into that. You've got to have to go to our leadership <laughs> development program. But the three tenets of that one team is our leaders are connected, meaning they are human leaders. They connect to you as a person. They connect to our customers. They're connected and they connect people. 
And then they are accountable. Because again, we pride ourselves in, hey, we're in a project, we deliver, we do what we say we're going to do on time, on budget, etc. And we are accountable to each other because that's important in a well-functioning team. And then the third aspect of that mindset is an adaptable mindset. It means resiliency. And that's how this company grew, right? The construction industry constantly faces challenges. And so you really have to adapt to what your customers are wanting and you have to adapt to where the industry is going and you have to adapt to the societal shifts that are happening. So those are mindsets that we want our leaders to uphold. And so we're trying to teach them. Another thing that kind of going back to some of the things that you talked about, how do we retain that culture. You know what I experienced here? And it's a great time to ask me these things because I've only been in the company two and a half years and I love the culture, but I'm still somewhat an observant of it too. (laughs) I still have a little bit of that. The storytelling here is phenomenal. People tell stories all the time and it's really kind of how we talk about what it means to be at Cupertino Electric. What we think a successful, great project is, what we think a super project manager is, like how they dealt with this customer, how we dealt with this challenge, with the GC rule. Like these stories just happen here all the time. And it's actually how I'm learning about the business, right? I listen to all the stories. And so, but that's kind of how we help people understand what is it here? Like the first time I came here, they talked about Oh, you better be ready with your Halloween costume. Halloween is big here. And it was, but Halloween is, but it's kind of like our way to build community and come together and have fun. And I think it became that way because you could do a lot of things if you're in construction in that holiday season in Halloween. (laughs) I see a lot of robot costumes coming every October. Not just that. Different costumes. (laughs) It's pretty fun here. It's pretty fun at Halloween. You've talked about, again, like a lot of unique things you're doing there. Is there any particular program you're most proud of or happy about? Or this informally is the part where I'm like, I hope you reveal something really cool that everybody else can steal the idea or something. Anything else come to mind? I'm sorry to disappoint you. There's really nothing kind of like the silver bullet. And I've been kind of promoting this too with our leadership and leadership team and my own people team, that what you really have to do is create an ecosystem. So it's not the one thing. It's not the leadership program. It's not just the EVP. It's not just how we recruit. But enough and a lot of that has to happen all the time to be a consistent experience for people to promote our values, to promote our culture, to make sure we're rowing in the same direction in terms of what we're trying to achieve in the business, which to us strategically, it's about responsible growth. So you have to have enough in your ecosystem. When you're dealing with people, people are social by nature. It's not the one thing that happens to them. It's the thing that happens to them all the time every day, right? And how that interaction is part of what gets reinforced in their behavior and how they collectively behave. So you really have to have enough programs in your ecosystem to keep singing the same tune, promoting the same types of behavior. 
Another key word from this interview is going to be system. We're back to ecosystem and the continuous um, process. This is a short format podcast. We don't have a lot of minutes left, but I want to hit you with some fast and fun questions, starting with, imagine you could send a book or a podcast episode or something to every one of your colleagues, and they guarantee that they would read it, listen to it, take it to heart. What would you maybe send people? My uh, head of talent management and I were just talking about this. What is the podcast that we're going to promote to our current leadership cohort? There is this podcast that I listen to. It's called Wisdom from the Top. You probably listen to it. It's by Guy Raz. I think with Luminaire. I forgot that producer. But what I love about it is he interviews just like you're doing. He interviews different leaders from different sectors. And some of them are academics, actually. And I love the storytelling. That's my other Mm -hmm. thing, right? I learned so much from their stories. And what I love about it is that it's like field work. I myself am a field practitioner, right? So it's really, it's real. And you learn a lot about leadership and the leadership, the authentic storylines that various leaders have in their sectors, their experiences. There's a lot you can learn in each segment because they talk about their stories and their struggles and their successes and those hard lessons they've learned. And at the end of the day, it goes back to leadership is about people and it's a service. And the one I just listened to actually yesterday, he basically said, it's internal work coming out. You have to do internal work in order to do great external work. Anyway, each one has a nugget. What I keep telling people, especially comes down to leadership development, you just talked about the inner work that then gets expressed externally. And I beg our clients, I beg everybody, do that real internal work, whether it's the validated personality assessments and or strengths and or journaling and working with a coach, whatever the different tactics are, great leaders have incredible self-awareness and they realize I'm me and you're you. So we all have our own natural styles and strengths. And it's not that my way is the right way. And then all the other caring and love and collaboration can come from there. It's really hard to get the other stuff right if you really don't have a good sense of self and your own leadership journey and everything else. And that's the key too. It's a journey. If you're a leader, first of all, you have to remember it's a service. It's a responsibility to others, but it does start with you. And you have to understand that you shape others, but they shape you too. And so who you are today may be different from you, who you are a year from now, if you allow yourself to be. Let's hope so, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be the same me a year from now. (laughs) Here's another one. So think back to like the first day you became a chief people officer. What's something you know today that you really wish the younger version of yourself knew back then, or if you could send a Slack message to the younger version of yourself or Teams message, whatever you're on, what maybe would be the advice you would give? I have it here on my board. It's blurred out, so you'll have to read it to us. It says, think with your heart and love with your brain. Ooh. So unpack that. The chief people officer job is tough. (laughs) You're working, dealing with people, and people need love. But you are the strategist for people. So you have to think with your heart. You have to be rational about how you approach Mm -hmm. the 
softer side of organizations, but it has to be solidly grounded in thinking, right? Not reactive, not. And then love with your brain. So don't be so dogmatic about methods and things like that, but approach the work that you do with feeling and empathy and an understanding of the service and the contribution you're providing your community. That's a great mantra. It's late October in 2023 right now. So you're already thinking about and probably have your 2024 planned out. What's maybe a priority for you and your team when it comes to the people stuff? We just came from our strategic planning session early this week. And I was very delighted to hear that my colleagues, the heads of our operations and business, were very much understanding and realizing that we need to double down on the development of our workforce Mm -hmm. and that we need to be very proactive about developing the right talent to help us. There's a lot of opportunity right now in our business and the limiting factor for our growth is actually our people capacity. So we're going to be busy getting those people, making sure they're onboarded, trained, ready to perform great CEI folks. You talk about all the opportunity. I can only imagine, especially with electric power and EV cars and solar, all these things that are going on in our country and around the world. What are you most excited about for the company in the next year or more ahead? We're actually growing fast across the country. So for me, the scaling and getting ourselves known in other parts of the country, because we're kind of known, at least in our industry, very known here in California. And we started going out. Now we have a bigger presence in the Midwest. So I'd love for us to really create an awareness in all the right places of Cupertino being a great company to work for and great company to work with. That sounds great. You've been generous with your time, generous with your advice. Chief People Officer Cupertino Electric CEI, Estrella Parker, thanks for the time today. Thank you, I enjoyed it very much. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Culture Code Podcast. Are you looking to build, refine, or revamp a training program? We team up with companies like Northwestern Mutual, Cineos Health, and Duck Creek Technologies to roll out highly engaging training series for emerging leaders, new managers, women in leadership, high potential managers, sales enablement, and more. Check it out at leadx.org. What makes these series so uniquely engaging? We help you build a full system of development that leverages our cutting edge platform and world-class training. We blend together world-class cohort-based virtual training and group coaching, personalized nudges, micro-learning, and on-demand office hour style coaching. Go check it out at leadx.org. Thank you.